0: Nicola
1: Everett. Hello, it's Friday, November the 18th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up ahead of the World Cup starting this weekend, we've been chatting to the mum of a young woman from Kent who was killed in Qatar. Alison Patterson is urging the England team to highlight her daughter's case. A woman who was threatened by a robber at her Chatham home has explained why she's forgiven him. We'll be looking ahead to Gillingham's game this weekend. Plus, Sam Laurie has a roundup of what's on events going on in the county. But first, our top story today is that a man has died and another's been arrested after a lorry overturned in Stroud. Lucy joins me now. It happened yesterday lunchtime, didn't it? Yes, that's right. Emergency crews were called to Station
2: Road at about half one. Witnesses who were in the area at the time say the Renault lorry went over after turning from Frinsbury Road and it's understood it crushed a black Vauxhall car. I was actually travelling nearby not long after it happened and was due to turn into Station Road, but it had been completely sealed off by emergency services and remained closed late into the night. And on Kent Online, Lucy, we've got pictures, haven't we, showing people trying to clear rubble. That's right, the vehicle was a dumper truck and the back appears to have been filled with a load of waste. One side of this road is lined with houses and it appears people who were either at home or in the area at the
1: time rushed to try and clear what they could. And finally, what do we know about the man who died and the person who's been arrested? Well, police have told us the man who died was in his
2: 40s and passed away at the scene. A 40-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving and officers say their inquiries are ongoing. Members of the Serious Collision Investigation Unit are keen to hear from anyone who saw the crash or might have dashcam footage or CCTV. They've set up an appeal line. The number is 016. Two two seven nine eight five three eight, or there are details of an email address and the reference number within the
1: story at Kent Online. Lucy, thank you ever so much.
0: Kent Online News.
1: Some other top stories now and an Ashford man who punched a street pastor in the face just months after being spared prison for another attack has now been jailed. Tiger Walker promised never to touch alcohol again when he was given a suspended sentence in January. Thus he was arrested on the high street in July after assaulting an elderly volunteer while drunk. The 20-year-old from Whitfield Road has been locked up for 12 months. A caravan's been set alight in a suspected arson attack in Maidstone. Firefighters and police were Called to Durham Close in the early hours of this morning. No one was hurt, but it's being treated as suspicious. A coroner's been told how a little boy from Sheerness died just days after being taken to hospital feeling unwell. Harry Broughton passed away at the Evelina in London over the Easter holidays. The opening of an inquest has heard how he'd been sick, had a high temperature and was struggling to breathe before going into cardiac arrest. A full hearing will take place in the new year. Now, the family of a Westmoreling woman who was murdered in Qatar are urging England's footballers to raise awareness of her story at the World Cup. 24-year-old Lauren Patterson was working as a teacher there when she was killed. One of the men responsible has already been released from prison and the other is due to be freed next year. Lauren's mum wants the England team to make a letter L with their hand to highlight her daughter's case. Alison has been speaking to Lucy.
3: Lauren went out to Qatar as a teaching assistant um, and then became a teacher out in Qatar and um, dreadfully in October 2013, um, she went missing. And we later found out that uh, two people had um, murdered her and then taken her to the desert to dispose of her body. At the time, it just didn't seem believable. It felt as though it wasn't happening to me. It wasn't true. It just, I just couldn't comprehend. I couldn't comprehend what had happened. And I couldn't comprehend why someone would go to those lengths.
2: And how do you feel about the World Cup being hosted in Qatar?
3: Um, I'm happy for football. I love football and I'm really behind all the teams. But I just think people should be aware, be very cautious, um, because it's somewhere where the culture is different, which we should respect. But justice doesn't ever seem to be given. We were asking the England squad to think about Lauren when they're playing, Um, to think, you know, if we wanted them to show some kind of sign, if for example, um, there was a goal scored, they could make the figure of L with their hands, perhaps not just for Lauren, but perhaps an L for change, for changing Qatar, for other families that might have to deal with their justice system and to represent minorities. Um, that don't seem to have the same rights as the Qatari people.
2: Yeah, and I know um, the president of FIFA has said, you know, to focus on the football and, you know, the sport should be the main thing. But do you think there's room for both? You know, you can actually make a difference while they're out there.
3: I think so. I think not just the footballers, but perhaps the supporters and the fans. You know, if they can all think, you know, if the L for Lauren means change, that would be a remarkable thing. Um, And I think footballers and also other people involved in the World Cup have an amazing platform to try and push for change.
2: And after such an awful thing happened to your daughter, is Qatar somewhere you would ever visit? Or, you know, what kind of advice would you have for fans who Mm. may be going out there?
3: I mean, for me, um, there's bad people around the whole world. It's not Qatar that's bad, it's two people. But I think every person that goes out there has to remember that it's a different culture and different rules. Although we might not want to follow them and we don't understand them, you still have to think about these things very, very carefully before you travel there.
2: And this justice that you're you're fighting for, is that something you struggled with when Lauren's case was going through the courts?
3: Yes, I think it was the fact that um, it was forever changing. When I felt that we could understand what was happening, it would then change. And we got through the whole of the, the justice judicial system as such. And then right at the very end, at the very last, last minute, it changed. And that was when we had no way of proceeding any further. And that's what I think was so unfair you know, to give someone 10 and a half years manslaughter for something as dreadful as that just doesn't seem right.
2: And you mentioned that you're a football fan yourself. I mean, do you think people are finding it a bit more difficult to get behind the England team this time round because of all these issues?
3: Yes. And I think that's very sad. I think, you know, football and politics are two separate things, but it is, They're right. Everyone's right to watch the football, but
0: everyone should be aware. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group. With car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone.
1: It's feared issues around securing accommodation for people who cross the channel in small boats is stoking the fires of hate and division. Earlier this month, a video claiming to show a group of asylum seekers arriving at a hotel in Folkestone was shared more than 125,000 times on Twitter. Turns out it was an overseas film crew who was staying in the area. The Home Office is being urged to speed up the asylum application process to reduce the the huge backlog in cases. Dozens of Kent police officers are being transferred to work as call handlers after their 101 system was criticised. We told you in the podcast last month how people were finding it hard to get through to the non-emergency number with just over half of calls unanswered in one month alone. well, A shortage of staff was blamed, so 35 officers have been moved from regular duties into the control room. Several people have been arrested in Maidstone as part of a crackdown on crime in the town centre. Police were out last weekend to respond to concerns about antisocial and disorderly behaviour. Two men were detained after officers seized a knife while other suspects were questioned on suspicion of a fray. A woman who was threatened by a robber at her home in Chatham has been telling the Kent Online podcast how she's forgiven him and hopes he turns his life around. Harry Garrity got into Shevan Enner's house in house. In July last year, she's been recalling that moment to reporter Sean McPolin. I came in, put my stuff down, um, and walked into the kitchen,
4: and I heard someone rustling upstairs. So I called out to my brother, and I, then I saw a, a guy walking down the stairs. And it, you know, it was shocking and like it was really scary, mm-hmm. obviously. And he was he was threatening me, um, and yeah, I uh, all I can say is I, I was petrified, but. But, you know, he he left, and and then I did a silly thing, which is he was trying, he, he asked me for my keys and my phone, and he got into my car, and I jumped into the passenger seat and, and you know, begged him, basically, to give me back my, my keys and my phone and stuff, because I needed to get my son, and I, in a state of terror, for some reason, I could only concentrate on thinking about my son and that I needed mm. to pick him up and, and it was just a moment of I, I don't know I, I guess an out of body experience mm. trying to negotiate with someone who was trying to rob your house yeah. but in the end you know I did have a good conversation with him and he handed me back my things and I felt sorry for him and suggested he changes mm. his life and um, yeah I do I do hope he he changes his life mm. because you've got to be either really a really bad person or really desperate to, to break into somebody's house mm. and and do that. So.
5: Yeah. I know from reading sort of the, the core copy from our report, I think you did mention, you sort of said that you were a bit of an inspiration to so the way you, you spoke Aww. to him and, and he wanted to turn his life around. I
4: hope
5: he does. Um, yeah. So that, that yeah. It was the, it'd be nice if he killed, like so I say. Yeah.
4: I mean, oh. I forgive him. It, it, mm. It's done with, and you know, he, he has his sentence, but I hope that he does change his ways I'm, I'm just glad that it happened here and he didn't kind of knock on you know there were some elderly people here and mm. he knocked on this door and i can i can move on i'm glad he didn't ruin like somebody else's life yeah. because they're, they're older than me and more yeah. scared than me so oh,
5: yeah. i know like you said obviously when he come to have the weapon what was what sort of went through your mind at that time was it was it just you yeah it was just me i was like, i i was confused
4: children. and scared and so i hit my head because i backed into the the living room and yeah. like yeah i was paralyzed at first i didn't i didn't know what to do i was just so stunned and shocked and scared about mm. it all i can reflect on it now but at the time I, I wasn't able to really speak i was so shaken i went next door and i was crying afterwards mm. and yeah. it was just awful yeah but
5: the of adrenaline that well, but... yeah exactly and yeah. I think
4: it was the adrenaline that made me run after him and try and get my, my
1: stuff back 36 yeah. year old Garrity from Shepperton close in the town has been given an extended sentence of eight and a half years that means he'll serve six behind bars and the rest on
0: licence Kent Online reports
1: more than 2,000 jobs are set to be created on the site of a former power station in Medway Uniper have announced plans to develop a data centre at Lorry Park and manufacturing space at Kings North on the Hoo Peninsula. The coal and oil-fired power plant was decommissioned in 2012. Councillors have given the plans the go-ahead, despite concerns over traffic. Plans for a Christmas lights display in Herm Bay have been scrapped after a fundraising campaign managed to get just 1% of their target. Organisers had hoped to have two trees and lights along Central Parade and the High Street. And while the trees will go up, the illuminations won't happen with those behind the plan saying they're extremely disappointed. One to be aware of if you're heading out and about this weekend, a 16-mile stretch of the M2 is going to be closed for roadworks overnight. The coastbound carriageway between junctions 4 for Gillingham and 7 at Brenly Corner is being resurfaced. It'll be shut from 8pm on Sunday through until 6 on Monday morning. The Kent Online podcast has been told how more and more people are searching online about workplace bullying because, they're feeling targeted. There's been a 300% jump in searches in the last three months alone. Antonio Fletcher is from Whitehead Moncton Solicitors in Maidstone and he's been speaking to Kate Faulkner as part of Anti-Bullying
5: Week. Bullying can take many forms. It can range from uh, the exclusion of individuals to more overt uh, actions of um, you know what 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 people might consider, let's say, playground bullying and name calling, and um, you know, sort of being aggressive and confrontational with people, where uh, where where that's unnecessary and unwarranted, and and again, might be for reasons that are completely disconnected to, to to what's appropriate in the work environment. The the point to make with with regards to bullying is the impact that it will, it has on people. It's always worth thinking about who your audience is and. Uh, and whether you know um, how people will respond to certain things that other people might consider to be banter and uh, and things like that.
2: Now, we've seen the statistics as well that in the last year we've seen a huge jump in just for workplace bullying, workplace bullying policy. Can you give any reason as to why we would see an increase at this
5: time? I think that there's probably a number of factors that feed into this. There's the online element. I think there's a lot of communication that's still taking place online, via messages, via emails and things like that. Uh, And and sometimes, uh, if you like, the tone um, of uh, of those sorts of messages can come across um, in ways that people don't intend. So there's that accidental if you like, miscommunication that that makes people perhaps feel that they're being um, targeted. Then you've got the in-person elements as well. People coming out of a period in which, let's say, they've either worked exclusively from home or predominantly from home uh, and um, let's say their social interactions might not be quite at the level that they should be anymore. Uh, And then suddenly they're finding themselves dealing with people much more regularly face-to-face. Some of those communication skills might have slipped. Some people may be more abrupt. Some people may may find those sorts of situations more stressful and you know, be deliberately more abrupt. I don't think we've suddenly become nastier um, overnight to each other. At least it, it, there'd be no reason to necessarily think that. So I mean, you probably put a lot of these instances down to those sorts of factors and 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 probably a drop in communication skills certainly online bullying as well is certainly something you hear more about um with with younger people and things like that and 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 the, the drawing of lines between let's say sort of social media and other relationships and the the incessant nature of it as well um and um I mean, clearly, again, there's a deliberate element to those sorts of things. But if, if you're a manager, you might also want to think about sort of taking a step back and, and when you're about to send an email off at either very early in the morning or late in the evening about what that what that could do to the recipient if they pick up their, their phone outside of working hours, it might just make them feel more stressed out, it might feel as though you're... Um, Controlling them um, or trying to control them outside of uh, of the work environment. Kent Online reports: the
1: first restaurants due to launch add a new leisure complex in Canterbury before Christmas. One hundred and fifteen million pounds is being spent on the riverside development. Korean Cowgirl, which serves food inspired by Asia and Texas, will open on the nineteenth of December. Thousands of people have been getting into the festive spirit at Maidstone's Christmas light switch on. Gary and Chelsea from our sister radio station K. MFM were in Jubilee Square last night along with the cast of this year's Hazlitt Theatre Panto Sleeping Beauty Andy Walker from our radio station will also be instrued to turn on their lights this evening with just 37 days to go would you believe until the big day Ollie Murs is going to be coming to Kent he's the latest star added to the summer series of gigs at Margate's Dreamland in 2023 he'll be performing on the scenic stage next August with tickets going on sale a week today and now for details on everything going
6: on in kent this weekend that you need to know about is our features writer sam Laurie. i did warn you last week that we'd be getting stuck into lots of christmas events from now on and i didn't lie we've got a few christmas things to see and do opening up this weekend that are well worth a visit even if you're not quite in the spirit of things just yet this friday sees two fantastic festive activities open in kent the sellout christmas at bedgbury light Trail returns and will illuminate the national forest with a million sparkling lights There'll be giant baubles hanging from the trees, a beautiful light tunnel, and some incredible installations, and it has been truly spectacular in the past. We're going along to the opening night, and we'll let you know what we think of this year's light trail online. The second event, also opening on Friday, is Skate Tunbridge Wells. The pop-up ice rink returns to the town for the 12th year, and it's a really great family day out. There's one large rink and a second smaller rink which by day is ideal for parents and toddlers and by night is transformed into a Bavarian curling rink. There will also be an outdoor Christmas market to enjoy while you're there so there's loads of things to see and do if you do end up heading down to the ice skating rink this weekend. Okay now we've got Christmas out of the way let's move on to some other things to do this weekend. On stage is the hilarious Sarah Pascoe. The comedian, known for her presenting roles on Comedians Giving Lectures and The Great British Summing Bee, is bringing her new tour, Success Story, to the Leescliffe Hall in Folkestone on Saturday, and she's also at the Assembly Hall Theatre in Tunbridge Wells on Sunday. Also at the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury this weekend is South Pacific. There are still a few tickets left to see the classic wartime musical, which will be in Canterbury until Saturday night. And finally, 90s boy band East 17 are coming to the Central Theatre in Chatham on Saturday as part of their Christmas tour. I know, I know, I'm sorry, I said we were done with Christmas, but not quite yet. (laughs) The group are known for their Christmas number one, Stay Another Day, I know you all know it, (laughs) but they've got plenty more nostalgic hits that they'll be playing in Chatham, and also at the Assembly Hall Theatre on Wednesday as well. So, if you're brave enough to face the cold weather this weekend, you can visit some of the outdoor family events, but... If not, you can always cozy up in a theatre and watch some great live entertainment instead. Kent
0: Online Sports.
1: The Ball and Gillingham return to league action this weekend after their success in the FA Cup. They made it through to the second round after beating non-league AFC Fylde on Tuesday night in a first-round replay. Tomorrow, they head to Newport County, who are just three places above them in the League Two table. Well, Neil Harris has been speaking to our Gillingham reporter, Luke Cordell.
7: Back to league action then. Yes. I quite believe that you've got a couple of league games to look forward to now.
8: Um. Cup games, yeah. We wouldn't say really. I've, I think we've quite a good record in the cup at the moment, haven't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the cup games, we seem to have quite enjoy the one off occasions. Uh, the league, the, the league has to be the priority, always has been. Even spoke about that before Brentford and before uh Papa John's. So, that is same with the FA Cup. Really, really pleased we're through. Um, but the league's the priority and, and sort of the unhealthy position we find ourselves in. So, we look forward to the next one, Newport. Uh, two big games, really, yes. in, in sort of days Newport and Crawley. You'll be
7: treading a familiar path down to Wales won't you? Um, Newport, what are you expecting?
8: Um, Newport um, under James Robry, um, played some football and, and Good set-up. grand Coughlin's come in and uh, got a little bit more probably pragmatic, a little bit more um, um, maybe Baseman lead 2, thinking about getting the ball forward a little bit quicker. So, uh, know what to expect from Newport, know what to expect. Uh, Rodney Prade um, was a ground i visited a few times. Um, passionate fan base that, that want their team to do well. So, uh, tough challenges always in the division, uh, but one we're certainly you know well up for and looking forward to. Two,
7: two away games, isn't it? For one
8: on the Tuesday as well against teams that are just above you in the league. You, you want to reel them in, won't with... you? Yeah, the mindset for us has to be, we, you know, it's a siege mentality for us next two games, two sides that need the points as well. Um, and, you know, we have to make sure that all that matters in the two games is we pick points up. And that's what I said to the players, forget everything else. You just focus on we've got six points to play for and we won all six. Okay. And, um, team news,
7: there's not too much. Injury problems at the minute. Talk to you what is there? You <laughs> I think I'm going to share with you anyway because
8: <laughs> no. I know Graham and Newport will be watching. So uh, yeah, you have to watch. Well, it's better space.
7: though that you had a big squad, didn't you, for the FA um, Cup game? So you you had what nine subs? So you've got
8: a little bit of something to choose from. Yes, yeah. Um, there's always obviously uh, issues, especially within our group. So that will be slightly different uh, on uh, Saturday. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, yeah, so there's some players that have struggled since Tuesday night, was you know, what I'd say, um, mm-hmm. without telling you who they are, yeah. but have struggled, so it'll um, be a little bit different squad for, for Sadie.
7: It has been a growing sort of past few weeks, hasn't it, really? I mean, there was the Brentford game and the league and
8: then the Cup. It, it does take it out of the players, is uh, Take it out... I think what I will say, because maybe of our lack of lack of success in the league, mm-hmm. continuity hasn't always been there in team selection. Yeah. So a lot of players have played a lot of minutes. Um, So we've got a lot of players that when they're healthy and free from injury, then they are fit. Um, I've said all along, and I've heard other League One, League Two managers talk about it, that you have smaller budgets, smaller squads and play more games than everybody else. the time we go to Wolves, we'd have played 30 games by the 21st of December. (laughs) That's that's crazy. Um, But we, we play games, but we don't train. So... But it's a balance off so you have to get your fitness somewhere so as a player i prefer to play games and training definitely as a manager it's nice to have time on the training pitch we'd not add that this season but we you know we're lads to match ready and they certainly be ready for the battle on Saturday.
1: Kick-off tomorrow is at three. Don't forget you'll be able to follow the match action by heading to Kent Online. We'll have details of the result in bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday morning. Plus, you'll be able to hear reaction from the manager in the podcast on Monday. But well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also sign up for the briefing to get a daily update of the top stories direct to your email each morning to do that just head to kentonline.co.uk and whilst you're on the site today you can check out the latest review from our secret drinker i hope you have a fantastic weekend we'll be back on monday
0: news you can trust this is the kent online podcast this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group